Let's, let's we pray. Our Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who speaks, that you will go and you reveal yourself. You show us yourself. You re- show us who you are and how you have loved us. And Father, we thank you that uh, you will speak to us. We pray that we would hear this morning. We'd have eyes to see and ears to hear that which is ours today. And that, Father, through your spirit, you would fill us with much joy and hope and lead us into the days to come, Father. Sustain us much and show us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we come in, uh, this is the second last of our uh, series, um, our Love One Another series. Uh, Ray will be along uh, next week to, I was going to say to fix up, but um, uh, to finish up um, the series. So uh, it's, it's good. Um, uh, today we'll be looking at that reading from Galatians 6 2, uh, particularly, uh, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Um, and with all of these messages, as there's been with all of these messages, there has been um, actions that are ours to do, actions that are ours to be about as people, as God's people. Um, but all of that is because God has loved us and because God has met us and because God has revealed himself to us and brought us into his family. That is, that is the why we do and that is how we do all that is ours to do. Um, we... We know that Christ has loved us, even though sometimes we don't feel it. We know that Christ has loved us. We know that he has shown us the Father's love. And in uh, the, he has borne our burdens, all of our burdens, everything that would keep us from God, he has borne that. And, and so we can be part of God's family and so we belong. Uh, all our sin and guilt uh, has been taken uh, and so... Um, we can bear the burdens of another, not that we might be righteous, not that we might be uh, made uh, better in God's eyes because of it, but because he has loved us and because he has buried our, bur- sorry, borne our burdens, that is why and how we would do that, um, because he has loved us. And it's not the other way around. It's not that we will make, become more righteous by the bearing of burdens of others and somehow um, getting good, God's good books uh, so with this message, please don't hear it. Um, please don't hear it in the way that, um, you know, we might be saying, you're not bearing people's burdens enough. You're not caring enough. You're not doing enough. You're not, you should be doing more. That is not what was being said. Please don't hear it that at all. Um, we're actually not going to set up a Care Bear of the Month award, okay? There will, there's not, that's not going to happen, okay? You don't get more righteous if you get it three months in a row, okay? So please don't hear that at all, at, at all, that... Hear that Christ has loved us and Christ has borne our burdens. Hear that if you hear nothing else. Um, why this particular one? Um, last year when we were talking about uh, um, this series, about um, one another series, uh, during my times at the other little churches that I go and see, we were looking at Galatians. As I was going to see the different ones, we were looking at Galatians. And it seemed right and appropriate to, when we were thinking about it, to do uh, a Galatians reading. That's where I was at the, the time and considering at the time. So bearing one another's burdens from Galatians, uh, that's where it was. Who am I thinking when I think about the messages that I bring time by time? Well, it's me. I'm the scared little boy that's afraid of tomorrow. Okay? And that's who I'm thinking about when I think about my messages often. 
Um, so I think, Paul, when we talk about... Um, I think you're right, Nessie, I do need that drink. Um, um, Paul, when he's talking about the letter, and this part of the letter, as he's talking about the latter uh, stages of his book to the Galatians, he's that whole thrust from uh, 5.13 where he's talking about... Uh, Serving one another. We are free to serve one another. We are free to, to love one another because uh, Christ has loved us and we are free. Um, in the book of Galatians, he's been talking about um, not, doing the, not being righteous through the keeping of the law of Moses, but being righteous through Christ and Christ alone. It is Christ plus nothing that has made makes us righteous, made the people righteous. They have no... It's, the the uh, Judaizers were trying to tell them that if you want to be righteous, well, then you have to keep the law of Moses, adhere to the uh, traditions of the fathers. But he says, no, 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 you are free in Christ. Christ has loved you. Christ has made you whole in him and you love because of Christ. And so we can love one another and we can serve one another and we do serve one another because Christ has loved us and because we are loved in God, because he has met us. Four, four little questions. Who are we? Where are we? Where do we belong? And why are we? Who are we? We're children of God. Where are we? We're with Christ in God. That is where we are. Where do we belong? In the kingdom of God, in the family of God. Why are we? Because of Christ. Because Christ has met us. Thanks, Nessie. Because Christ has met us, because Christ has picked us up and brought us out of darkness and into his marvellous light, so we are and so we can serve one another. So we love because that is who we are. That is who God has made us to be and that is who we are uh, in him. And we don't need to serve the flesh anymore. We don't need to uh, look out for number one anymore. It is actually not natural for us as God's children to do that because we no longer need to serve ourselves because we have the Father. Why do, like in the, the sundry laws in uh, Leviticus there we, we read, why do we have to not worry about getting every stick of grain? Because the Lord is our God. Why do we have to not worry about getting every grape that was on the tree? Because the Lord is the one that provides for us. Why are we able to be who we are? Because Christ is our sufficiency and we have no other sufficiency but Christ. He is, he is our fullness. He is our all in all. So we don't need to serve the flesh. We don't need to look out for, make sure I get all this coming from me. I want my pound of flesh. I want my Jews we don't need to do that because Christ is the one that falls, fills us. Christ is the one that uh, makes us all that we can, all that we are to be. We don't need to look out for number one because Christ is the one that has filled us and full, fills us. Um, we don't need to worry about um, whether we have uh, wealth or position or long life or anything because Christ is our fullness. None of that is our fullness. Christ is our fullness and that is who we are and we can serve God because of that and we don't have to look out for number one. We don't have to serve the flesh as Paul was uh, telling us there. We, 
when we serve the flesh, when we serve ourselves in that, we just bite and devour one another. We look out for what we can get. We get what we want, what pleases us, what um, is good for us. But he says, no, you're free from that. You are free from that. You can serve one another. You can serve your brothers and sisters. You can, oh, excuse me. You can um, love one another because he has loved you and because the Spirit has filled you. You can be all that um, that he is called you to be without having to serve yourselves because you're free to. You do not long, we no longer need to um, serve ourselves because he has served us and we are free to serve him. We are children of the Father and we can serve one another in that. So that's it. Sorry for a long preamble. That's our launching point from there we are. So if we turn to Galatians 6.1, it says, Brethren, even if, even if um, anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Um, the, it's, there's a little bit of a... Um, it's, that, that verse is translated in a, different, a number of different ways at points. Uh, sometimes it's overtaken by a sin it talks about. Um, and uh, and some, there's you know, various ways that that's brought out. But I believe it's not saying that we actually stand on the corner of Hindley Street and on a soapbox and say, you heathen blind. I think it's actually talking about your brother at home. I think it's talking about your brother at home. You know, the one that might have been overtaken by a sin. I think it's talking about your brother at home. You know, and what do we say? We say, I don't care if he goes astray. His kids can go rotten too for all I care. Well, do we? Or do we love him? And do we... You know, say, come on, mate, this is no good. With a sense of our own, it's, it's with a sense of our own, um, our own weaknesses, knowing very well that it, it could well be us that have slipped up and fallen astray because we are so prone to that. Um, a couple of things, um, a story I, I once heard, there was a, a priest that was beaten up by a robber. Uh, he was beaten up by a robber and, and quite beaten up and things stolen off him and, um, you know, it was in the, the media and, the, and they said, oh, well, you know, what do you think about the rubber? He said, well, that could have been me. Circumstances being different, that would have been me. If, if I was in want, I could well have been the rubber. You know, it's not that I'm great and he's bad. Could well have been me in that circumstance too. Um, Dean Metheringham tells a story um, from classes that he, he led, possibly probably in this place, I suspect. Um, Dean tells a story about uh, a man that was brought along to the classes and um, he wouldn't have been there if he had a choice. He was brought there by his wife. Um, he had to be there. He didn't have a choice in the matter. And um, he just sat there week after week hearing the messages, um, waiting for them to end. And one time he stands up and he says to Dean, what does God say about my besetting sins? The besetting sins are the ones that we're most often prone to fall in, aren't they? The ones that we're most uh, caught up by or the ones that we're tempted by time by time, much as the Lord gives us victory, and he does, that we're tempted by them. And Dean hangs for a minute and he says, you're talking to a man with many besetting sins. And so do I many besetting sins. It's never with a sense of our own sufficiency 
or our own um, maturity, like, not our maturity, that's a, uh, I need to come back to that. It's not, never with a sense of that we are somehow uh, got it all together or we're not going to muck it up ourselves. No, no, it's with a sense of knowing our own weakness, knowing our own frailty, knowing how we too uh, are beset by many, many sins that we might say to a brother, look, mate, probably not this way. Um, the, the, the picture there when it says um, restore such a one uh, when you are the, it says you who are spiritual the spiritual is the one who is mature like mature in the word um, that, that one who is mature in the word would, would uh, seek to restore a brother or restore one that's gone astray now the picture of restore is like mending a net or fixing a broken bone I know about that just after we were married, um, my dad and I were chopping wood, um, cutting down a tree down the bottom uh, for firewood, and uh, as the tree came down, it hit me, hit me in the shin. The, the, it fell this way and the butt came back this way. The, the butt of it hit me in the shin, broke both of my lower leg bones. Um, sorry to be a bit gruesome. Um, and there's a sense there when your foot and your leg go independent to one another, it's a really weird sensation, not one that you can actually uh, get a sense of until you've actually done it. Um, and it's, um, so, so um, obviously something was quite a strange. I had my rubber boots on, fortunately, helped a little bit hold things into place. Um, but um, I shuffled on my bum while my dad carried my foot back to the, the, the tractor, the, the, the carryall. Um, on the back of the tractor is the carryall, the thing that carries all. Yep, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, I sat on the carryall, and we were right down the bottom by the creek, and the old Fergie, um, the, the hydraulic shudder as you go, and so we're going up the gully road, and there's my foot and my leg doing all wacky things. Um, and um, it wasn't too bad. Like, it, it was basically intact. Um, like, there was... No, and so anyway, we, we, we came up and... Um, my poor mum, um, she... she, she we, we came up quite quickly because it just happened, and she said, what did you do, break your leg? Um, <laughs> poor mum... Um, but in any case, um, we went down to Ashford and they put this pin in my leg. Um, in the larger bone, they put this pin. Um, pretty Jeff Cottrell's not here because he had a bit to do with the engineering of these things. Um, and so they, they put it in and then they screw it into place and it holds the leg into place. So, so at that point, my leg was now secure. Like it actually didn't flop around anymore, which was really nice. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and so after a couple of weeks, um, the, the surgeon said, OK, I was on crutches, uh, obviously, for a time. Um, after a couple of weeks, the surgeon says, OK, you can put about 20 kilos of weight on your leg. I had no plaster or anything, just this pin. So just this pin. Um, and he says, you can put about 20 kilos on your, on your leg. And then the next week, he said, OK, you do about 30 kilos. And then it, by, after about five or six weeks, I was actually walking just with the aid of a, a walking stick. Um, had my leg knitted... Well, it was knitting, sure. Um, but what was, my leg was still weak. What was carrying the load? The pin. The pin was the one that was strengthening my leg so that I could actually do things. So, um, so is the picture of, uh, of our brother who's, who's gone astray. His, his faith is weakened and he needs support so that while his leg got strong, well, while he gets strong again. So the pin came out after a couple of years, well, 10 years as it turned out, but it didn't need to be there the whole time. It had to be there while my leg was weak. But it was just giving the support that was needed while it got strong again. So is the picture of a brother who's gone astray. He needs support 
while he gets strong again in his faith. Do you see it? Can you see it? That's the picture uh, that we have uh, of um, restoring such a one, restoring one who has is, who is, uh, gone astray. Um, what am I up to? Um, and when we do that, so um, John's, uh, Luther says, um, when, a, when a, someone has, has gone astray, do not aggravate his grief. Don't scold him, don't condemn him, but lift him up and greatly restore his, and gently restore his faith, uh, says Luther. Um, uh, John Stott says this, uh, this suggests that, it, it, that gentleness um, is the, the uh, gentleness and a sense of our own weakness and proneness to sin that we would actually restore uh, our brother to, to strength. Um, So when we look at verse 2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfil the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Um, what is the new command that he gives us? Love one another. And so um, the word burdens is, comes from the Greek word uh, baros, apparently. Um, baros is where we get the word from barrow, um, as in a wheelbarrow. Um, why do you need a wheelbarrow? Because you can't carry the load. It is too heavy to carry. So the word burden or baros is for something that is heavy, really heavy, intolerably heavy, heavier than we can bear, heavier than we can carry. Um, that is the, the word for burdens that is being used here. It's the, the, low, the, the burden that you'd put on a donkey or a cart or something that you can't actually, that we can't actually carry ourselves, um, something that's really hard to bear. Is, is the word burdens in verse two, and is different from my understanding. Um, and looking at the uh, looking at the commentaries, it's a different word from the the word used in verse five, which is talking about uh, load, bear your own load. Um, the the word in 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 load is different, and it's talking more like a, a soldier's pack. Um, so a soldier would have each soldier have their own pack, and each soldier is responsible for his own pack. It is not something that um, uh, he would necessarily share with another, uh, but each have their own pack, as each is responsible to the Lord for that which is theirs to do. Okay, It's not a thing that we look at one another's packs and we say, oh, I wish I had their pack, it's so much easier than mine. Or on the other sense you say, well, their pack's so light and they're struggling with it and me as mine is 23 kilos and I don't even sweat walking uphill. It's not in a case that we would actually compare our pack, uh, our responsibility. We are all responsible to the Lord for that which is ours to do, that which is our responsibility before the Lord. And this is different to the word burdens that we talked about in verse 2. Um, it is all to do with that which is ours to do. Um, it's a pride thing. Paul, I think, puts it in there because it's a, it's, a, it's a thing of pride that we can actually... Um, uh, I wrote a, a quote here from, from John Stott again. Uh, pride thinks we are something, that we are better than, uh, better and more important than our neighbour. Uh, and see, the, the picture there about the burden, uh, the picture is that, um, uh, well, this is a John Stott once again, uh, notice the assumption which lies behind the command, bear one another's burdens, namely that we all have burdens and that God does not intend for us to bear them alone. That is the picture that is um, 
Now, so the first thing, what about the burdens? Okay, um, what is the burden that is not ours to bear? It is the burden about our sin and our guilt. That burden has been borne, hasn't it? Completely and totally. It has been borne by Christ. It is totally and completely borne by Christ. um, And it is finished. When Christ said it is finished on the cross, he actually meant it was finished. Okay? All the work that is his to do, to bearing the burdens of the the sinful humanity, it is finished. Um, So Christ has borne our weight of sin and guilt. It is never ours to bear the burden of sin and guilt of another. Christ has borne that. We don't bear the guilt and sin of another, not our own and not someone else's either. Um, Why do we bear one another's burdens? Um, Similarly with with Nats, uh, why do we confess our sins? Why do we confess our weaknesses to one another? Because we love. Because we love one another. Why do we love one another? Because he has loved us. And he has brought us into his family and into belonging. Um, Paul talks, talks about these things um, uh, in Romans, where you know the, the man with the weak conscience, that he prefers only to eat vegetables uh, rather than uh, eating all things. Well, his conscience tells him he should just eat vegetables. It was a cultural thing about food, like meat offered to idols. Um, but what do you do? Do you tromp all over your, your brother's conscience? Say, oh, look, stop being so weak. You know, there was no sense of uh, when I broke my leg that the rest of the body says, oh, could you pull yourself together? You're holding us all back now. You know, all one body. Wonderful thing we had here this morning. Um, Imagine, I was a joke I said I'd tell on John's expense. Imagine John and Margaret having a wine and cheese night, okay, for the elders and their wives. Okay, now, I actually don't drink wine. Like, I never have. Um, It's sort of a bit of a family thing, neither my dad or his dad or his dad before him. We just never have. And I'm actually intolerant to dairy as well. So, so it would kill the whole vibe of the thing, wouldn't it? Like if he's having a wine and cheese night and I do neither wine or cheese. So what does John do? Well, like, what does he do? Well, clearly he has his wine and cheese night. He doesn't tell me and hopes I don't find out. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> do, do, we, like, do we bear with it? Do we bear with our brother, you know? Do we bear with our brother in the midst of their, their weaknesses? It is... Christ has... Now, it's time slipping by a little bit. Um, the burden... Um, the burdens are really heavy. The burden that it speaks about in verse 2 is really, really heavy. And there is a cost involved. If we think about John, John is the, actually the most willing, one of the most willing burden bearers I've ever met. He is extremely willing to bear the burdens of another when they're in a struggle. Uh, he is, you know, just straight up willing to do it all the time, every time. Um, and he encourages us in that. And he says, and sometimes it's messy and hard. And sometimes folks will tell you to just get out of it and they won't let you help. And that'll happen too. And we've got to let that be. We just got to let that be. Um, all has been, all has been finished in Christ. All our sin and guilt has been played out in Christ, and because of that, we can bear one another's burdens. Because we can, like um, another uh, another 
um, commentary I was reading, it says it's not a difficult, uh, not a difficult verse. When you see someone with a burden, you help them bear it. But see that that requires us to know that we are willing to get under a load of a, get under a burden of another, and we're li- willing to let someone get under our burden too. See another, uh, see another's need is more important than our own, and honour the giver when we have a need too. It's another thing we can do. I did a CFS course years ago. Um, and in this CFS course, um, the guy was telling us that there are 6% of the people in the world are hard to get along with. They're just difficult. They're hard to get along with. They just make our life hard. Um, I, was, I have said at points that there's a florist that I know um, that we deal with that she only gets up in the morning to make my life hard. Now, that's not fair, is it, really? That's just not fair. She may have other reasons to get up in the morning. Um, but, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, in this CFS course, he said that 6% of the people in the world are hard to get along with. And you lie awake and you think, how am I going to make this situation better? How am I going to make, uh, you know, there, there'd be a, a, a working out? And he says, this is what the world says. Don't think about them. Don't spend any time about it. Don't think about them. Just let them go and forget about them. That's what the world will tell you to do. Okay? But that is not ours. Okay, we've been called to bear one another's burdens, to get under your brother's load too, as he's battling under it. Um, so we serve one another and we love one another and that will be hard at points, really hard and very precious. Um, will we lose hard at points? Well, probably. But buck up, your sins are forgiven. I read an article once um, about uh, from um, John Piper's website uh, about um, uh, burdens, griefs, um, you know, uh, loss and, and, and struggle and strain and, and difficulties. And, uh, and the article was saying that um, there are times when all our hopes and dreams are a, a certain way are dashed for whatever reason. And it is right and proper to grieve deeply for that loss. And it is right and proper to grieve deeply for the life that we will never have because of whatever the circumstances are. And it's right and proper that we do that. And, um, and then we wash our face and we continue to trust God. Don't we? Um, we share, the, lo- we share the, the burden with our brethren. Um, we shoulder some of that burden too. Uh, not to make us more righteous, but as the righteous, as those right in God. So uh, we share the load of another. We serve not our own flesh, but under God with the, uh, the bodies of those about us. And we don't lose heart, not for long anyway. And someone takes our hand and says, come on, I'll walk with you a while. And so we do. Amen.